Well, good morning, everyone. It's me, Dave McMahon, and welcome to my little radio show slash podcast called Unleashed. I'm glad you could be with us. Now, if you if you can't listen live on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, my podcast is on all the international podcast platforms, and today's show will be posted on all the uh, podcast platforms within 48 hours uh, if you ever miss a live broadcast. I'd like to say that we are brought to you by Niagara Mobile Rust Proofing. Thank you for making the program possible. And uh, super stoked about my uh, my guest, Joe Vieira, is with me in the studio at 4680q.ca this morning, downtown Niagara Falls. He's the owner of uh, Regional Towing, and uh, Joe is a former student of mine at the Dave McMahon Dog Academy, so he can attest to uh, how great of a dog trainer I am and how much fun he had when he was training his Rottweiler with me so many years ago. Uh, and then uh, he had recommended that his son bring the dog, and his son brought uh, his dog. So yeah, word of mouth, you know how it works. Word of mouth is the best. So we won't talk too much dogs today. We've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, like uh, pizza. Joe's going to tell us his favorite pizza joint in the falls. I think I know where it is because I've been there myself. Uh, The towing business, the towing industry, giving you guys a better perspective on how it works to be in Joe's shoes. And Joe has an amazing animal rescue story to share with my listeners. You may have heard of the... uh, the horse rescue uh, story that Joe was involved with some time ago. It was all over the media, uh, but uh, we'll have a little more time to, to do a deep dive into that today. So it's going to be fun. Joe Vieira, welcome to Unleashed. Mr. Dave McMahon, famous dog trainer. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Can't wait to get into this. <clears throat> That's right, Joe. Um, just let me have a little swig of the uh, the water here. <clears throat> Hang on, let me tune up. You're feeling me, 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 me. Feeling a little verklempt, are we? Probably too much alcohol last night burnt my vocal cords. I'm not sure what it is. Anyway, uh, are you born and raised in, in Niagara Falls? Actually, oddly enough, I'm not born and raised in Niagara Falls. I'm originally from Mississauga. Ah. And that's where I started off my career as a licensed mechanic. But I said, being a mechanic isn't for me. So, completely by accident, I fell into the towing industry. Ah. And I was working up in Mississauga uh, for a local tow company up there. And I said, wow, I absolutely love this. I'm on the road all day because I've got a disease. The disease is called Anson Pants. And I can't (laughs) stay in the same location all the time. So this was perfect. I'm able to drive around, make a a little bit of money, and help people. That's awesome. I, I think you're also a workaholic. Is that? It? I hope you don't, you don't perceive that as an insult. But to me, I always see you working, working, working. Are you a workaholic? I, I would, I would say that I am a workaholic. But I met somebody years and years ago that he helped me with my rototiller, which is code talk for Rottweiler. <laughs> I had a very unruly Rottweiler at the time, yeah. and as fate would have it, put you and I together. Mm. And I'll never forget this because you are my unsung mentor and a lot of people don't know this but you looked at me once i was holding my dog and you said joe when you own your own business the minute your little feet touch the ground and this stayed with me for over 23 yes. years mr mcmahon the minute your little feet touch the ground you never stop promoting yourself and i've taken that and anytime somebody will listen anytime i'm not sleeping i'm talking about regional towing i'm talking about the towing industry so you receive the accolades for that because you had a big hand 
and making me as successful as I am today. Oh, thank you, Joe. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And if I could just delve a little deeper into that rotten Rottweiler I had, you probably won't remember because it was many years ago, but I would let this dog out to go to the washroom and it would run away on me. It was eight or nine months old and their attention span is not all there. I would go out with a sweater of deli meats pinned to me to try to get this dog to come back. He was running on the road. He was running everywhere. I was throwing pepperonis at it like frisbees and it wasn't listening. Long story short, you taught me how to train this dog to have the recall command, which is obviously important for safety. Yes. You completely changed my life and my dog's life and my future's dog's uh, lives. Within 20 minutes, you turned this rotten Rottweiler around on me. Do you remember that? I do, I do. Uh, I was completely shocked. We're going way back now. Yeah, we're going back decades when you brought the Rottweiler to me in Niagara Falls. Keep in mind, nowadays I see about 100 dogs a day through group classes and private lessons. Uh, now is my heyday right now. Uh, we are the busiest that we've ever been. And of course, I've got a team of trainers uh, on board with me uh, that I've trained personally. So yeah, I mean, there are so many dogs I've seen over the years. I can't remember your Rottweiler's name, forgive me. His, his name was Diesel. Diesel, Diesel the Rottweiler, a yes. A very robust dog. <coughs> yeah. You bent down and you pet him and you said, wow. It feels like velvet. And it's weird the things that stay in your mind after 23, 24 years. But you all you mentored me and you said, never give up on your dreams. The minute your toes touch the ground, you keep shamelessly self-promoting yourself. And here we are today doing a podcast together. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's absolutely amazing. It's gone from uh, you yelling at me, halt, about face. Turn. I'm like, who is this guy? He's very militant. To you giving me business advice and completely helping me shape my life down here in Niagara Falls. Past 23 years has been a blur. I've got one of the most successful towing companies around, not to toot my own horn. Toot toot. But I'm very proud of things. And I think of you often because you gave me a lot of business advice. Yeah, yeah. Dogs and towing transcend with each other. Same kind of thing business motto and brain way of thinking it all worked out everything is interconnected there's everything no doubt about it and so give us a little i'm so glad i had that impact on you by the way and, and thank you so much for mentioning it on my podcast I, I really think that was appropriate and i appreciate the compliment you know i feel warm and fuzzy inside i feel like you just gave me a big hug from across the table and i appreciate that well it's true and you may have not have known this obviously we don't no. see each other often no but um all these years i've been meaning to wanting to tell you that and believe it or not other people that start off a phone business, call would have been nice but this was better i don't have a cell phone but uh <laughs> other people that start in business i gave them that same that same bit of advice you gave me the minute your feet touch the ground you are a shameless self-promoter dave mcmahon everyone those are your words yeah yeah and i thank you for remembering all of my words most welcome uh, let's talk about your company. How many uh, tow trucks have you get on the road? The other thing I want to ask you too, it's kind of a two-part. I'm pretty sure you can tow just about anything. But first off, how, how many tow trucks have you got on the road presently? In total, we have 14 units. That covers right from our, our light-duty towing right up to our heavy-duty towing. If it's got wheels, if it doesn't have wheels, we can we can pretty much move anything at your request. So there is no limit. We can do it all. Have you ever had to tow someone's mobile home out of a park because they... Um, whatever, there was a circumstance, anything like that? Funny you should say that because that's happening oddly enough and the numbers are going up on this. I guess due to the, due to the housing crisis, a lot of people are living in their campers and RVs 
and uh, are parked illegally, living in parks, living in um, parking lots, and bylaw and officers are calling the, us to impound them and, and tow them away. Yeah? Yeah. It's not one of the uh, greatest things we'd like to do, but uh, I guess there's health reasons um, as to why and safety reasons why you can't just live in an abandoned parking lot in your motorhome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can understand that. So from cars to trucks to uh, to um, mobile homes to um, heavy trailers and heavy towing, just, just about anything. Yeah, it's funny when I look back at my yard sometimes when I walk out of my office and I see my trucks all lined up, I see the little ones right up to the big huge ones and I'm like, how did this happen? Because I literally started with nothing. Uh, as you know, I'm quite involved with Project Share. When I first moved to this town, I didn't have a dollar to my name pretty much and project share um kept me moving i used to go to them for food but now when i look back at my fleet of trucks all of my employees i sometimes am bewildered how did this happen you were broke when you came here then i didn't even have a car absolutely broke but i knew i wanted to live in niagara falls i knew i wanted to start a towing company down here i just didn't have the means i didn't know how i have no business training i'm not scared to say that I just have tenacity. You know the tenacity of a pit bull? Yeah. See how I drew you in there too? Back yeah. To the dog thing? Yeah, that was good. The only thing Clever. I, the only thing my parents have instilled in me, not the only thing, but is tenacity, being tenacious. When somebody would tell me, Joe, that's not possible. Officers would tell me, that's exactly what we need, another towing truck down here. Yeah. And I said, oh yeah? And I proved them wrong. And here we are today. Yeah, but the tenacity is an important ingredient in your success and in anyone's success because knowledge and education alone uh, is not going to cut it. And even having working capital, knowledge and education, still, we're still missing an ingredient in that success pot, and that is tenacity. Without the tenacity... It's not going to work. Correct. It's not going to fly. And I'm I, not, I'll be the first to say I'm not very scholastic. I didn't have the working capital. Obviously, I had zero money. I was yeah. on Project Share getting my meals. Yeah. But somehow, I scraped together my first $8,000, bought my old lumpy tow truck. I worked night and day. And uh, somehow, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, mentors like yourself that got me, got me going. And I'm very blessed, very blessed to be where I am today. Yes, and you are a true success story who started at the bottom and worked his way right up to the top. Literally. I should write a book, maybe. You should. Come just a titch closer to your mic. Just a titch. Yeah, right okay. We're casual here, right? Yeah. I don't have to write things and show you little pieces of paper with messages. We just talk about it. Um, what about the government? I mean, the government is getting their hooks into your industry, I understand. Or the, is that a kind of a harsh way to put it? The government's getting into your business. What's going on with the government and the regulations uh, pertaining to the towing industry? Well, as most people are aware, uh, in the towing industry, there was crim some criminality involved. And people that were in it just for the one-time shot of how much money can they take away from Dave McMahon when he's in an accident. They weren't really of the mindset of, I want repeat business. They were just into taking as much money as they could from the consumer at this one time. The government noticed that there was a lot of nefarious actions going on. A lot of uh, towing companies, I'll say it, ripping off the, the uh, motoring public. A lot of fist fights. I'm sure you saw the news where uh, lawyers that were involved with towing companies or pursuing them, their offices were bombed. Finally, the government said, you know what? That's enough. We've got to step in. 
And one of the things they did is they mandated province-wide towing license. So, Mr. McMahon, if you wanted to get your tow license and drive for me, you need to apply to the province. And guess what? You can't have any kind of criminal wrongdoing in your history or anything bad in your background. Got to be squeaky clean. Got to be squeaky clean. And right away off the top, when the province implemented this, it probably, I'm hazarding a guess here, probably took 30% of the towers right out of the game right away because a lot of them had a uh, criminal background. And they weren't able... They weren't able to obtain their new province license. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing the province did to come in, and it's it's still very in its infancy. Um, There's there, pros and cons to this decision of implementing this. There is, but the general public, the consumers, it'll 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 help them much more in the in the long run. So I'm glad they've stepped in. So it's there to protect. The general public. Correct. It's there to protect, make sure we're not (laughs) overcharging and the unscrupulous companies out there are not taking advantage of people in their time of need or when they're in an accident. See, Dave, I'd like to share something. There's something, there's two types of towing. There's one towing, like myself, service style, where Mrs. Smith is broken down. We go out and change your tire. We charge you 40 to $80. Mrs. Smith is happy. She's on your way. She's on her way. Right. And that's what comes to mind first for the common folk. Right. But a lot of people don't know there's the other side of towing, which they romanticize driving crazy, listening to police scanners, getting to the accident first, uh, smooth talking them in order to go where they want and charging thousands of dollars. They're not in the service industry. They're in the hustling business. So there's two types of towing. Make sure you know what towing company you're dealing with and what style. There's the service kind. Hi, I need a boost. Will you come out and help me? Yes, we'll be there in 30 minutes and it costs $60. Then there's the other kind that sit in parking lots. I'm sure we've all seen them lurking around. They've got police scanners. When there's an accident, they're often first on scene, talking quickly, trying to take advantage take advantage of yeah. you in that time of need yeah. to bring you back to their compound, thousands of dollars. Two styles of towing. Yeah. Hey, we're getting educated because... Uh, you know, I'm sure there's there's good and bad in every industry, and there's good and bad in your industry. Um, so, talk about the license itself. So, of course, you've got different size tow trucks. So, you need different type of license to drive these. Yes, well, no? Well, your different type of uh, size of tow trucks and different licensing just falls under your um, Service Ontario. So, if okay. you have a G okay. license, you can drive... Okay. X amount of truck. If you drive a big rig, then you're going to need your AZ license. So right. That, that falls underneath your your regular uh, driving license uh, speculations. Yeah. So if you take a new person on, do you put them on probation for a little bit? Yeah, they're usually on probation for three months because I'm not going to lie. Either you can do this job or you can't do it. I've had people last a day. I've had people last a week. Even though in the interview I tell them this is quite rigorous, you have to be a robust person to be able to do this. You're working in the elements. Often we're psychiatrists. We're dealing with people at their worst times. We don't know uh, mentally how they're feeling. If you just had your car towed away, you're going to come in hot. You have to be able to de-escalate the person in order to receive their payment and calm them down and make sure things don't go sideways. Other times we're dealing with people that have had loved ones in an accident and sadly they didn't make it through the collision. And now we're consoling them, but we still have to get paid so our business... You're pretty much uh, functioning as a social worker as well. This job has made me a a, uh, psychiatrist, social worker, if you will. But I'm uh, pretty good at it. Usually people leave my office after dealing with me. Again, 
sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but they they seem to be more calm and they thank me over and over for how I dealt with them. Yeah. Well, your honesty and your integrity and professionalism has contributed to the success of regional towing. Yeah, I always believed in transparency. Always be honest. Never lie to the customer. The bill is the bill. Your car is on fire. That just happened. And we try not to be rude. We deliver things in the um, the proper manner. And it's, it's been working all of these years. There's something that caught my eye. And it caught the eye of, of millions of people. Because it really went viral. And that was when you, yourself, Joe, and your company rescued a horse with your tow truck. It sounds almost preposterous hearing you say that, but if you could believe it, one day I was towing. It was a Saturday, and through my dispatch, I get a call. I look at my screen, and it says, need you immediately for a horse that needs a winch. I looked at my phone. I, I yeah. called my dispatch, and I said, did you mean to write truck, not horse? It says horse. Yeah, yeah, it could be a slip there, yeah. Yeah, and they said, <laughs> oh, it's, it's a horse. It's about to die. They've been working on it since 2 a.m. It's fallen over in some uh, waist-high mud. It was winter time, so if you could picture, it was a lot of ice and running water, and it was completely quagmired in this mud. It was a life-and-death situation. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And this went viral. Like, you know, I read about it in the news, the local newspaper, Niagara Falls Review. Yeah, Lee, Lee Story did... Um, did a radio interview on me. The The accolades that were coming in were just... Uh, I wasn't ready for this. I, I didn't plan for it to go viral. If you go on my uh, YouTube channel, Toe Talk with Tojo, you can actually see videos of the uh, horse rescue, the equipment that we used, the horse finally standing and being um, tended to. It, it did make it, but it was very touch and go. But I didn't mean for this to go viral. While it was happening, while we were getting the equipment and chains and ropes ready... I said, you know what? Something's telling me to take some quick video shots of this. Yeah. So I just did some... Why not? Some, I would. Some cheap videos. Uh, but it didn't take away from the care I was giving the animal. But then I posted it on Facebook. And, <laughs> and it just kept getting spread and spread. <laughs> of and course. Spread. And it, it made it to Australia. It made it to Japan. It made it all over the world. And then all of a sudden, I had this company called Viral Hog. They I'm, f- I'm familiar with them. And they wanted to buy the rights of this. And they said, Joe, we'll pay you for each time somebody buys it off of us. Oh, my goodness. After I signed the papers, I started getting some revenue in from this video that I took. It was maybe a 20-second video. Dave. Yeah. But then it really went around the world. And then it was just creeping up everywhere with all kinds of radio stations calling me, uh, wanting uh, to talk to me. News agencies wanting uh, video reels of it, and it just, it really took off. That must have felt great that you uh, that you rescued the horse. You must have felt great when you were able to successfully rescue the horse. How long did it take you to rescue this horse, to get it out of the, the, the mud or the quicksand or whatever? Well, we were there for about five hours, and we were freezing, and we tried just with some shovels, uh, the owners of the horse and neighbors were there trying for previous hours. In the night, it fell over. So at some point, it got to the paddock where it shouldn't have been, which is a really low-lying area, and the mud was really thick and deep and ran had like a creek running through it, which added to the... Um, the you needed to get there quickly. 
Um, so they were working on it for a few hours, and then we were there about uh, about five hours. It was very touch and go, and the, the horse almost succumbed that day. I could, you know, not to make people cry, but I remember everybody had left me, and it was very quiet. It was surreal. People were grabbing ropes. I was staying by the horse. I could barely stand because the mud was so deep. And the horse had its nose in the mud, and it was breathing out bubbles, and it could barely breathe. And as if to talk to me, it put its head up and it said, don't let me die. And it blinked its eyes in a way that it was talking to me. I know this sounds ridiculous, but <clears throat> yeah. that happened. Yeah, and I, I believe you. And I responded out loud. I said, you're not going to die on my watch, buddy. Then I started, get me those chains. Get me that tractor. Get me this machine. And then together we devised a plan and we saved this horse. The horse's name is Jackson, by the way. Action Jackson. Action Jackson. Older horse, Clydesdale. Yeah. Smaller Clydesdale. Got in where he shouldn't have been. Yeah. Slipped. And he was like, Dave, you can picture a horse lying on its side, but more than half was covered in mud. And its face was in, in the water. How much did this horse weigh, approximately, do I, you think? Uh, when I talked to the owner, the, the horse weight came in at around 1,400 pounds. What is the status of the horse currently? Is he still kicking? That's a very important question. This happened some time ago. And I spoke to the owner. We still stay in touch. And the horse has since passed away to unrelated uh, issues. I guess it had a, a heart condition before. And it lived for a few months after we rescued it. And then sadly it passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So what size truck? Your regular tow truck? I mean, forgive my ignorance on, you know, how like the tow truck uh, itself. I mean, did you just bring your regular tow truck or did you have to bring one of those bigger tow trucks? <laughs> Here's here's the thing. When we, when we got there, there was really no access into the back of this farmhouse's paddock. I'm like, I can't bring a tow truck in here. It's too muddy. It's going to get stuck. They weigh too much. But luckily, I had just purchased a side-by-side. -side. It's a Maverick R1000. If you go on my YouTube channel, Tow Talk with Tojo, you'll see it there in action. And what it is, it's a, it's a buggy, for lack of a better term, with a huge winch on the front. It's extremely powerful, but extremely light, with huge... Uh, paddle-like tires. So we came up with a system to get the Maverick in, winch this horse to safety to higher ground, and ultimately this is what saved this horse's life was this um, Maverick machine that we used, made by Can-Am. Wow, plug, plug. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, once you get the horse into safe ground, onto safe ground. Higher ground, yeah. Higher ground, yeah, thank you. Uh, so at this point, does a veterinarian check the horse over? No veterinarian. Everything was happening so fast. When I say this horse was on death's door, this horse was on death's door. So we devised a plan to get a tarp because, as we all know, body temperature is what? It's important. Otherwise, you're going to croak. And it was there for hours and hours. It was literally going to pass away. Yeah. So we got a tarp. We put it over it. I don't know if you're familiar with what I call a salamander heater, construction heater. They run on diesel. Okay. So I orchestrated, get the salamander heater. We're going to make a tunnel or dome, if you will, over this animal. And we're going to give it the body heat that it needs. It was steaming. It was covered in ice. So you provided the aftercare. Well, to some degree. It was a culmination of the owner yeah. and the neighbors. We all pooled together nice. to get to get this animal sure. up and going. But we yeah. made a dome around it. We heated it up. And then it honestly probably took about an hour, hour and a half with some coaching, some coaxing. And then a skid steer to come behind it very gently with a blanket on its bum, on its rear end, 
just it had no strength just to help it no enough, back leg strength no back leg strength just to help it up enough once it stood up on all fours the cheers that everybody did was extremely euphoric so now the horse is standing up on all fours it's shivering but we didn't care it was up now its survival chances just went up exponentially oh geez. now this would be the uh, the first uh, animal uh, rescue that you've been involved in as far as incorporating your tow truck into such a project or has there been any others since then this has been the first horse or animal rescue rather of this magnitude yes i've rescued dogs in the heat and we do those for free somebody will call and say i've locked my dog in the car it's 30 degrees out it's going to pass away can you unlock my car door we get there immediately we drop everything we're doing we don't do the other calls. We rush out there, unlock the person's uh, door for them, uh, to give that dog some uh, much-needed fresh air so it doesn't die. But to answer your question, of this magnitude, yes. Yeah. But we do, we do help smaller animals sometimes. Yeah. Do you get a lot of calls for for dogs that are, uh, you know, trapped in the car? Do you get many? Would you say, or a lot of them? In the summertime, we do. And yeah. Through the fire department and through law enforcement, sometimes they'll call us to help us open a door so they don't have to smash the window. And time is an issue. If we take too long, they're going to smash out the person's um, car window, which sometimes they have to do. And also the. Um, the dog or the animal inside may pass away if we're not there quick enough. So there's really no car you can't get into? No. Today's tools. The Slim Jim? No. <laughs> this isn't 1960. <laughs> when, the Slim Jim. When you, when you had cars, uh, I'm pretty sure they ran on steam. <laughs> Your cars ran on steam, perhaps even pedals. Uh, today's, today's sophisticated tow truck operator has a bevy of tools and training at their uh, at their aid, so slim yeah. gyms are long gone. Slim Jim is obsolete. That was the little steel little, you know, flat device that you would slide between the window and whatever, and you could, you know, hook onto the lock and lift it up. And because I had a, a tow truck guy come one time and on my '68 Buick Lesabre, and he used a Slim Jim to get me. Uh, Get me going and, Again, and unlock my door. That's like 1954, 1964. <laughs> okay. When you say Slim Jim to me, I picture a tasty piece of beef jerky. Bite into this Slim Jim with Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if his Macho Man was. Bite into this Slim Jim. And you know what? To this day, I'll go to a brand new te Tesla and it'll be some nice lawyer type looking person in a perfect suit and they'll say, Do you have your Slim Jim handy? I'm like, sir, if I take a Slim Jim to this Tesla, I'm going to cause $20,000 damage to it. Picture all the wires in the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Back in your steam-powered days, there was no airbags in the doors. <laughs> That's there true. No, there was That's no, true. There was no wires. Yeah. So today's... Uh, You'd have to be a surgeon to sit there and do it now with yeah, a Slim Jim. Today's uh, towing technician has to be quite savvy on ways to get into certain vehicles. Otherwise, you're going to cause tens, thousands of dollars of damage. Now, another question I wanted to ask you. Are many tow truck drivers trained in first aid? That is a very good question, and it's something I wanted to do to my guys. They are not trained in first aid. If they are, they've come in from another job, maybe a paramedic, and they're already trained. But that's something, if anybody's listening out there, maybe the, um, the government could mandate that we should be trained in first aid to give very basic care to somebody that, that needs it. Because a lot of the times, we do come across accidents before the police or the first responders. Yeah, yeah, because I thought that would be a great 
attribute to have first aid training, you know, especially even just to stabilize if someone was injured. I mean, I realize you're not a paramedic, but sometimes you're there first. Yeah, a lot of times you're there. Are, you're there first. We are there first, like I said. But as a company owner, yes, we'll have to look at um, different aspects of it. Which is, you know, what I'm going to say is liability. Yes, yes. If you're in an accident, God forbid, and I hold your neck wrong and I screw up your neck, well, you know what? There's potential for liability there. You know, I've I've always loved your personality, and I've found that over the years well, you've you. become uh, more extroverted. And you've become more confident and boisterous. And I think it's great. You know, your whole charisma. I really, really adore that about you. And it's come to my attention that you have engaged uh, with Toastmasters. So can you tell the listeners about Toastmasters if they haven't heard about it? And then maybe talk about the impact uh, that it's had with you and the relationship you've had with Toastmasters. But first, tell us about Toastmasters. Absolutely. I smiled there when you said boisterous because the, that's a descriptor that I'm not used to hearing. A lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but I was um, definitely super shy and grew up very, very timid. I always had the answers when the teacher would ask, but I was too afraid to vocalize my ideas. And as a business owner, you have to be able to stand there and tell government officials, you have to be able to hold meetings, and I just wasn't up to that task. So I seeked out this group called Toastmasters. It's held at our local Niagara College, Niagara-on-the-Lake campus, and what it is, it's like-minded people. You can be from any walks of life, and you get in there, and they teach you, or they give you the courage and the tools to be able to speak publicly, be able to speak in, in front of a microphone. They give you the tools. And you do that very well. You speak in front of a microphone very well. Oh, thanks so much, Mr. Dave McMahon. Yes. Um, Yeah, so Toastmasters, shout out to them. They really changed my life. Let me tell you a very quick story. So two years ago, I I searched out Toastmasters. I said I was going to go. Somebody emailed me back, told me where the office was, where the classroom was. I went in. I see people sitting around this round table. I looked inside. And I literally steamed up the window looking in. You know what I did, Dave? About face! I turned around and I walked out. And I walked out to my car with my head down. I got in my car and I drove home. You coward! That's how scared I was with my tail between my legs. Yeah. And you know what? You just chickened out at the last moment. I just chickened out. I want people to understand how scared I was. And now you have this big boisterous person in front of you. Toastmasters changed my life. Nine months go by. They're ready for the new intake for the class. I receive an email and I said, you know what? F this crap. I'm going to go in even if it kills me. So I walked in very sheepishly and I sat. They got like a U-shaped table, a round table in the middle. Everybody talks. Yeah, I was wondering about, thanks for telling us because I was trying to get a mental picture of this. I sat at the very back. Okay. The head guy comes over. His name's uh, Charles. And he goes, Joe, I understand you're super shy. He took the first step. I mean... I was shaking. These people look like business people to me. They look like superheroes, professionals, standing up there talking. I said, I don't belong here. So I sat at the back. And I just sat at the back for the first five, six weeks. Until one day I said, I pulled the mentor aside and I said, Charles, uh, today I'm going to speak. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to speak. The only way for me to get something out of this is if I go for it. And everybody's very supportive there. So it wasn't like they were all cynics and pointing their finger at me. So I got up one time, 
From that time, I got a standing ovation for that speech. I wanted to cry because my emotions were just flowing. You know when you do speeches in school? I was always the guy that was sick. I was always the guy that said, teacher, I don't have a speech. I'll take the zero. Can you imagine owning a business and not having a voice to be able to speak on <clears throat> your business? It's very important that you have the voice. Yeah, you're your own best salesman. And then imagine me having to meet with uh, city officials about towing contracts and such and not being able to speak. There's no more of that. Toastmasters saved my life as far as it goes speaking and uh, being able to communicate effectively. They've they've revamped you. They've revamped me. They've Complete actually, overhaul. They've actually brought out what I've always had inside to be able to speak. And now it just flows. Now they can't shut me up. It's a skill. It's it a skill. And you have honed this skill uh, through the education at Toastmasters. Uh, Joe, tell me, is Toastmasters a 10-week, uh, 15-week program? Is it something that's ongoing? Are there different levels uh, there's a, it's it's an ongoing course, but there is there is different levels called pathways. Uh, once you receive a certain level of accolades, then you can move on to the next step. But somebody like myself, I just go for the regular classes. They're every Wednesday from seven till nine, and it's a lot of fun. And once you get the first uh, public speaking thing you do, and it could be so small, Dave, as as a joke. Why did the chicken cross the street? <laughs> to get to the other side and then everybody laughs <laughs> and claps but the point of this is that you joke, stood there in front of people as you stood <clears throat> and you and, and you said yeah that. yeah so that's the important thing to get you out of your shell you need yeah. to go and do it i recommend everybody check out toastmasters niagara on the lake um campus at the um give me a hand here what's the name of the uh place? is it niagara college niagara college niagara on the lake campus and I didn't know that they were based out of the Niagara, Niagara College campus. Yeah, there's um, there's different offices everywhere, but I go to yeah. the one in Niagara on the Lake, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. Big classroom, everybody's super supportive. Phenomenal. Yeah. And this is something you foresee yourself doing for uh, some time? Uh, I'm never, I'm never le leaving it. When I, when I'm in it's a, like your church. This is your church. Yeah, but it, it's helped In a non-religious way. It's helped me immensely with my, uh, with my company. When I'm in a meeting with other towing stakeholders, other towing owners, I tend to control the conversation because I'm able to stand up and speak clearly, get my thoughts across. And now the, the panel that's judging us or is giving us different ideas, different laws they're passing, they take to, they tend to take me more seriously, right? Yeah. Because I'm, uh, I'm very eloquent when I speak. Now, are you still introverted as a person I would, on some levels? I would say I hazard towards the shy side. I'm not very boisterous like yourself. When I met you today, I had to say, Mr. McMahon, can you turn it down five notches? <laughs> you were way off the Richter scale. Yeah, now, now look at me go. Now now you're just unstoppable. But I'd say I'm more introverted. I like to stay quiet. I'm more of somebody that will only speak when I really need to speak and I access, assess every situation. And then I'll try to speak intelligently if I can. How many people in a class at Toastmasters? Uh, it can range anywhere between typically from 10 till about 20. Are you speaking into a microphone or are you just standing there in front of the class? So you stand in front of the class in front of something called a lectern. Are you familiar with that? I've heard. It's a lectern and they actually have a, a gavel and they say in session now. So that's the, the team leader will, will use that gavel. Seems very Masonic order in some regards. It's not though. It's very okay. uh, it's very loose. <laughs> it's very it's very loosey goosey and very um, okay. It's it's a lot of fun. But you stand in front of the class, in front of this lectern, 
which yeah. can be a little daunting at first. Yes. But then they encourage you to use the room in front of you, the space in front of you, walk around, chat, talk, make eye contact. It. I can't say it enough. If you're shy, like I was shy. Yeah, I was shy. Go and take this course. It'll change your life. All right. Now, have you brought anyone with you? Any friends, acquaintances? Have you brought anyone with you? Uh, actually, believe it or not, shout out to Nadine LeBreton, my fiance, soon to be Mrs. Vieira, Mrs. Towing Goddess. She uh, goes with me to each of these. Uh, she actually came with me on the very first one as support. Uh, she doesn't say much. She's super shy and won't stand up. But she does tap my leg to say, hey, mister, you got this. So she does go with me. And I have brought a couple of friends that are in sales, uh, car sales, furniture sales. And it said it's, help, it's helped them big time, too. So there are spectators. You can be a spectator slash voyeur and not necessarily participate? I invite everyone that wants to check it out just to come and sit at the table. You do not have to speak. Until you're ready. Until you're ready. The worst thing that may happen is I just may introduce you. Hello, everybody. This is Dave McMahon, and he's very boisterous. He's here to see what's happening. And uh, you can just sit there, come to as many classes as you want until you're ready to speak. Yeah. And if that never happens, then it never happens. But it will. Take it from me. Yeah, I think it's incredible. What about Dale Carnegie? They still offer those programs. I'm sure it's quite a bit different than Toastmasters. I've never heard of that program with the Dale Carnegie. Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Carnegie. But I've heard of Toastmasters ever since I was really young. Yeah, um, I've always heard of them. I've always heard of them, but never been to a... Is it international? You're the last person that needs Toastmasters. No, but I am still like to keep tabs on all this stuff. But you know what would help is your uh, apprentices, your students. Yes. In order to get their voice out there. Yes. To speak loudly in front of groups. Some, maybe some of them are shy. It is international. It's Toastmasters International okay. is the official name. And if you go on my uh, Facebook, you'll see I've posted lots of pictures of it if you want to get an idea of what it looks like or the, uh, the vibe of it. Yeah. Every night, they give out um, awards, best speaker awards, best table topics awards, and you actually get this little trophy. I've won it several times, and it just boosts your You have several of these little trophies. Yeah, it just boosts your confidence through the roof. When you take home the hardware, you're excited. Yes. It's a prize. Yes. Everybody votes on everybody. I've won it several times in a row. Where do you put your trophies? Uh, actually, you don't get to, <laughs> you don't get to keep the trophies. They're recycled. Oh, like, they okay. They give them out each time. Then you take pictures and you put them back. Oh, but they give you those like brilliant. I love this organization. But you do take home <laughs> first place ribbons. Almost like at an animal fair, you know, the ribbons. Yeah. You get a ribbon, which in my bedroom, I've started stitching them together. And I'm going to, I'm very close. I need one more sleeve to go to make a beautiful ribbon sweater. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a ribbon uh, bedspread. <laughs> well, that would be a lot of, lot more speeches. But a lot of it's just off the cuff, right? And they do a thing, this wonderful thing, Dave, called Table Topics. Let's give it a shot right now, right? Oh, God. So they just call you up, Dave McMahon. I'll lead you at the front. And you go up to the front and they go, so... We rely a lot on communications, and communications is a big factor in how we all deal with everybody in the world. Dave, tell us about a time that um, the phone failed you and how you dealt with it. And it's just things like that, and go. Well, the phone failed me, and uh, it was very, very frustrating, so I had to go to the client's home and finish the conversation that way. Yeah, see, and it's all things like that. They'll say, tell me about a time... Problem solving. 
Yeah, problem solving, but it's to get you up there and speak and off say the something. Cuff. Yeah, yeah, just off the cuff. Get your brain going. Yeah, no right or wrong answer, but just can you can you continue? Correct. That's what they're looking for, and what that doesn't turn is boosts up your confidence. Before you know it, you're a well-spoken person doing. And I've seen this program shape you into the incredible human being you are today. Wow, the flattery is absolutely insane. Now, can we change gears and go back to stories? Switching gears. Switching Switching gears. gears back to stories. Now, I realize that the horse rescue story was the biggest, you know, of that sort of magnitude of you rescuing an animal with your tow truck. Are there any other crazy stories, uh, you know, maybe three or four minute stories that you want to share with us before we hit the eject button on you today? I don't want to be ejected. I'm rather enjoying this show yeah. to the three people that so are So you don't listening. want to feel pressure and crammed to sort of, you know, cram in a, a short story? I have three of my uh, best friends listening, so I will cram in one story. Okay. And it's kind of like the dog rescue thing, but we have calls from the fire departments and local authorities, and this may tug at your heartstrings, is a baby. A baby stuck in I'm a, a grandpa. Are you? Yeah, I'm a, I've got seven grandkids. You don't look old enough. To I only look one. 23 years old, but I have seven grandkids. <laughs> so authorities will call us or the individual motorist will call us. My baby's locked in the car. It's 30 degrees out. Please help. Uh, again, we uh, I've been on uh, several calls like that on my own. I completely rush out there. Forget everything else that's going on. Usually can be there within four to the six minute ETA, which is quite quick, obeying all the traffic rules, of course. And we when we arrive, the... Parents are so frantic. The um, the parent is often holding a rock, a tire iron, a hammer, something, getting ready to smash the window. Um, when I arrive, they take a big sigh of relief. I quickly open the door, and I never charge for these. I never charge for baby rescues. I never charge for um, an animal dog rescues. For yeah, unlocked yeah. doors. It's, yeah. it's just You're a kind free. person. You're a humanitarian. It's just free. And the fire department does a wonderful job because they're also called when we're called. But nine times out of ten, we beat them there. So we just unlock it and go and everybody goes about their business. If I'm lucky, I'll coach the person into saying, this is a free service. I'm glad I helped you and your family. But would you kindly mind leaving me a five-star review on Google? Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. reviews <laughs> are That's right. worth more than any amount of monetary gain you could... Uh, you could get. Is that correct, Dave? You got it. I mean, on the Dave McMahon Dog Academy, uh, we've got, you know, hundreds of great reviews. And I think our I think we're coming in at a four point seven or four point eight star rating. And that's from hundreds of people leaving reviews. Can't please everyone, but we do please the majority. That is amazing because you, like me, are not in an in easy industry to make everybody happy. You got that right. Now, we can finish with something light and fluffy, and you and I both have uh, a desire for uh, pizza. I love pizza. And there's a pizzeria on Clark Street. Yes. In Niagara Falls. Yes. And often I'll check in with them and say, are you guys open for lunch during the week? Sorry, Dave, we're not open for lunch during the week yet. Really? So I'm like, oh, darn, because that's a good time for me to do lunch with people is during the week on a weekday. Weekends, I'm too busy. So will you announce the name of this pizzeria and give them a shout out? Il Ciricio. Il Ciricio is... is did one, I pronounce it right, Joe? Yeah, actually, you and I are both not Italian. I'm okay. Portuguese. Il Ciricio. Which means, what does it mean? I don't know. Google it quick. Don't okay. Nope, no, it means 
It Please, means, you do it. It means the smile or the laughter, I believe, in Italian. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful, beautiful place. Yes. Owned by Sofia, Sofia Butera. Okay. Oven done pizza. And I have to recommend a dessert pizza. She makes this amazing pizza out of Nutella. Ooh. Nutella pizza for dessert. Oh, that would be so good. But it's not... The, 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 the crust on it is so thin. All the ingredients are amazing. I usually get the pizza called Braccio di Ferro. To all my Italian listeners, I do apologize if I butchered that. Braccio di Ferro. Very nice. And you know what that means? <laughs> it's very poignant. No, but I, I want you to tell me. It means iron arm. Braccio de ferro means iron arm. And, and you've means, got iron arms. Well, I tend to work out here and there. I dabble in the gym here and there. So, Braccio de ferro, tell them Joe and Dave sent you. And Sofia Butera on Clark Avenue, El Cerrito Pizzeria will take care of you very nicely. Yeah. Now, I've been there uh, a couple of years ago. And then I was there a few years after, like later than that. I haven't been there in the last couple of years. But I've been meaning to go because I see their stuff on Facebook and I'm like, I got to go. And I, I, I hope they'll open during the week, maybe in the nice weather. They'll open up during the week because I think they're open for dinner. Yeah. You know, but I'm trying to get there during the day. But. Yeah, they're more of a seasonal operation, I think. But it's amazing. When you go in there, it feels like I've, I've stepped back into Europe. Like, where am I? They got nice Italian music playing. We talked horses. We talked tow trucks. We talked... Uh, government rules. We we spoke about people and Toastmasters. We talked dogs. And uh, I tell people, don't call me in the middle of my show, but they do anyway. Joe, great having you on the program. Thank you so much, Joe Vieira. It was awesome. You made my show very special today. Dave McMahon, I'm sure you say that to all the girls, but it was such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> and I hope you have me back. And conversely, I'm going to invite you to come on my podcast, Toe Talk with Toe Joe. I think he'd be an excellent character on my podcast. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks, Joe. Everyone, thanks for listening. Have yourselves a doggone great day. Dave McMahon from the Dave McMahon Dog Training signing off on 4680Q.ca.